everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And this week, in honor of the first of several Disney live-action remakes, uh, we're taking a look at a Disney classic uh, that I have never seen before. Right. Which, I still can't believe you haven't seen this. This is probably the only Disney classic we haven't seen collectively, right? I think so. I, I, yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, I was talking to my sister about this, too, because she was being ridiculed like you guys just did to me <laughs> at work about this. Because we never saw this one growing up. And I, I don't know why. Uh, it w- wasn't one that we owned, so that might have been it. And once, yeah. we, once we moved to this area, we didn't really have access to a video rental store, except for sure. Brookside up the street. And they didn't really have much. <laughs> no they did not um but yeah we're talking about dumbo um the 1941 disney classic um yeah. and devin wanted to take point on this so i'm going to let devin take point on this so go ahead devin sure so like alan said we're talking about dumbo 1941 walt disney classic a little bit of background it was directed by ben sharpstein it was also walt disney's personal favorite film uh, he said it was his favorite film because they actually had complete creative freedom on this because it was based on uh, some new technology they were trying to come out with called a roller book, which is like a book. But you like it's like a panorama that they just like rolled up and you had to roll past the pages. And it was supposed to be like the newest wave of children's entertainment. And Walt Disney saw and went, yeah, we're going to make a movie out of it. So he bought all of the rights to it and had complete creative freedom. So we'll get to that. But first, uh, Ryan. You've seen this before. What did you think? When was the first time you saw this? What did you think? Okay. Well, first off, this was probably my first Disney film that I watched as a wow. kid that I can remember anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Being around the St. Louis area, like entertainment's kind of a big thing uh, uh, in that city and kind of like classical uh, classical entertainment. Uh, so circuses mm-hmm. really kind of fit into that. Um, so I think maybe that's why Dumbo was one of the first ones that I ended up seeing as a kid. I watched it a lot, but then around maybe like six, seven years old prior to moving to Pennsylvania is when like I stopped watching it. And then the last time I watched it since then was like two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so then, uh, what no, what differences before we get into Alan's thoughts? Because I'm really curious about how only seeing it as an adult turns yeah. out. <laughs> Did your opinion on it change at all when you watched it this time? Well, I mean, to, I've the music in it. I completely forgot about the opening score, and sure. that like really kind of uh, and that really kind of brought back some memories. Um, mm-hmm. The whole circus thing, like I had circus toys. And so I remember when I used to play with the toys, I would be thinking of the opening scene from Dumbo of like getting the circus ready to go on the train and then off the train and getting built in the middle of the night, like type deal. Um, Yeah. But uh, watching it as an adult, after watching it as a kid all those years, I have a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, But I still found it entertaining. Um, yeah. And I the there's there's a there's a certain part of it that is just as racy as I remember <laughs> it being as a kid. 
Oh, we'll get into that. Don't and we worry. will get into that later. <laughs> Did I miss right, something Alan, in this movie? <laughs> as an adult, because my experience is pretty much the same as Ryan's. I watched it as a kid. I loved it as a kid. I watched it as, a, as an adult and went, oh, boy, probably problematic in some spots. Mm-hmm. But overall, I still liked it because of the nostalgia factor and yeah. of, like my connection to it. Yeah. So, Alan, you don't have that. What did you think? Well, before I get into that, you said this was your first Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Devin, what was your first Disney movie? Because I know mine very well. The Lion King. The Lion that King? was mine. Okay. My first one is the first movie I ever saw, and it was Aladdin. And the only reason I remember oh. that is because it was at a drive-in theater. Not the one we go we frequent, but when, uh-huh. when I was little. I just remember the cave of wonder coming out and onto the screen that's all i remember i was like that was my first Uh movie and my parents like why do you remember that you were three (laughs) (laughs) no i was probably two actually but they're like why do you know that it's like have you met me like um no so that's awesome so i have some notes but good i i was surprised at this movie at how little it was about him actually flying I know from what I've known about the movie is it's about him and his being separated from his mother. So I got that. I didn't realize how little of the movie was about him flying. Most of it's okay. just about him being an outcast. Yeah. I was expecting a lot more, especially the way the, the Tim Burton remakes being marketed about it being a flying elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was surprised at that. Um, I was also surprised. I'm not, maybe not surprised, but it's been a while since I've watched an old Disney movie where it wasn't distributed by Disney studios. It was distributed by RKO, which was like, Oh wow. (sighs) That that, it reminded me of like when you watch the Avengers and it has the Paramount logo at the front. It's like, Oh yeah, they didn't, they used to have to rely on somebody else before they (laughs) get all the money. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, and then like the style seemed more, I, I forget what company it is, but it felt it looked more like a Popeye cartoon than it does a Disney cartoon, like especially with the humans. That's well, an awesome point. Um, and so there's reasons Brian, for what that. did you think of the animation? Well, this was one of their first like animated movies. Like yeah, it was I like believe second or third wasn't like Snow White their first one. Snow White was yeah. the first. One. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, you've got this studio that's just starting. And at mm-hmm. this point, when Dumbo comes out, Disney had a few hits, but it was still like kids cartoons. So they're pulling animators from all these different studios, trying to do what they can to get these people to move down. Was it, they were still they were in California at this point, yeah. not Florida, right? Yeah, they are California. Yeah, they're in California. So they're trying to get people from New York, from Chicago, you know, to move to California to like change studios. So. It wouldn't surprise me that the artistic style would would look like other cartoons around that same time period because you had people shifting from one place to another. Yeah. And at that point, I don't think Disney really had like this is our style yet, because at this point, I don't think Mickey Mouse or his friends even were really a big thing. So like they didn't have their like character style up yet. Um, So I think to me, that's why. Uh, no, it's that, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's that, and then like my point of it, it's just this was to me. This is just an old Disney cartoon. 
There was like, one more factor in it because yeah. I did research for this. Okay. Because, you know, like I said, if I've seen the movie, I like to do research on it. Uh, there was one kind of big event that impacted it, and it's World War II. Uh, it came out and was developed during World War II, and oh, because of that reason, right. they had a lot of budget cuts when they were making it and had to make the film on the cheap. So that's why a lot of the backgrounds that you see are a little bit more plain than they would have been in other movies because they didn't have the money or wouldn't spend the money to make the backgrounds as elaborate as they would some of the past ones. Well, not just that, too. They're also going to be losing some of their animators to the war mm-hmm. effort because they're going to be exactly. doing uh, because, you know, if you got a studio of, let's say, 50 artists and 25 of them get commissioned by the U.S. government to start making like draft posters and, you know, uh, leaflets to like, you know, drop over like uh, a town in France, like you're going to be cut and you're going to be left with the talent you have. So I right. mean, who, I mean, who knows, maybe the five person team who was put over making the humans, like they were like, yeah, <laughs> just make them blobs. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> just make them human shaped blobs. They're that. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Make make the ringleader look like Danny DeVito. Who? Don't worry about, about it. it. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Picture what you think somebody named Danny DeVito would look like, like and go and with just it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> also, who? I want to know who the hero was at Disney who decided to cast Danny DeVito in this new one. Because like Tim good Burton. choice. Oh yeah, it Tim was, Burton. Was it, it was Tim Burton. Burton. It, it had one hundred percent him. Yeah, he called Danny DeVito up. He's like, "Hey, you want to you want to finish our circus trilogy?" Because this is the trilogy now. You've got Batman and Returns. You've got Big Fish. And now you have Dumbo. I kid you not. That's a quote from Danny DeVito. They're finishing the trilogy. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that. So that's too funny. Good job, Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, And and Danny DeVito being on board for it. (laughs) The only thing I wanted to ask Alan quick was, has you have a little niece? Has she seen this movie? And if she hasn't, would you recommend it based on what you've seen? She hasn't seen it, but I don't think she'd be interested in it because she, from what I can tell, she enjoys more of the CGI computer animated movies. Like she loves all the Pixar stuff. She loves Frozen because she's a little girl in 2019 who, who wouldn't love Frozen. Um, so I don't know how she, like, I've tried to get her to watch like the Lion King and Aladdin and she hasn't really been interested in them, Sure, but she likes the more 3d stuff. Sure. Um, actually funny you bring her up today. Um, my Uh sister sent me a Snapchat this morning of when they woke up, my niece said, I want to watch Spider-Man. And my Uh sister said, why? Like, cause that's my favorite show. I've never shown her Uh Spider-Man. I don't Aww. know where this is coming from. I did see her the other day and I was wearing a Batman t-shirt and she kept saying Spider-Man. I'm like, no, this is Batman. And I have shown her Batman, the animated series. So yeah. I'm guessing she just got him confused again. But either, either way, I said to my wife when I picked her up from work today, I was like, so we need to go buy Spider-Verse and then bring her over for a movie night and just have her watch oh, that because that's right up her alley because it's. Oh yeah. I think like that artistic style for a uh, 3-year-old is perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's such a yeah. great movie. So my niece will yeah. see this movie before Ryan does. Oh. <laughs> Good. Yeah, whatever. Um so the other thing too is I think this movie's also paced a little bit differently than movies are paced nowadays. 
I think if you look at every Disney movie from each decade, like you look at the decades, Mm -hmm. I think the pacing is different for each one. Like, even if you look at like um, the stuff they did in the eighties, that was way different than what they did in the nineties. I feel like the pacing fits the time period. Yeah. Like, right. it's like the way that Snow White and Dumbo is paced fits mm-hmm. movies from that era and just what people were accustomed to, um, which is one of the, uh, which I think we talked about in our Mary Poppins episode. Yeah. When it comes to like, there's so much downtime in that movie. But then again, if you were to watch other movies from that same period, uh, that was around the same length, you'll find probably an average of equal to the amount of downtime that was in Mary Poppins. I feel like the pace has has to do with that style at that time period. Sure. Yeah, and I can agree with that. I mean, I just think like, especially watching like Adventure Time or something like nowadays, I just think the pacing of animated things or things that are specifically made for children is just different. Is Adventure Time made for children though? Originally, I thought I it was. I don't know. I've never seen a single episode of Adventure Time. I just I. know like that's the the gold standard of like cartoon nowadays. Is that's it? not like Rick and Morty. I feel like okay. that was like glad you clarified that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not <laughs> accepting that statement. But whatever. Um, I I feel like Adventure Time would be the gold standard for like animation. Maybe like three, four years ago. Yeah. Like okay. I don't know what would be now. I mean, just from like, like, are we talking about the animation style or are we talking about? I'm talking about non 3D animation. Yeah, animation style. And then maybe if that goes hand in hand with pacing. Would the standard be The Simpsons? Because that's been pretty consistent for the last 20 years. I'd say The Simpsons would be a standard, but I think it's not the look that people are going to or trying to emulate now. A good example is I'm a huge Disney Parks fan. Everyone knows this. They just redesigned the freaking Disney cast. Mickey looks different. Minnie looks different. Goofy and Donald look different now. And they all look very Adventure Time. Or they oh, have really? like that same like, like they look kind of squashy, retro, stretchy. Though, at what, the same time. Kind of like retro a little bit because uh, yeah. because it was back I think it was a year ago I was down at uh, at Disney World with my goddaughter mm-hmm. for her fifth birthday and Aww. they had in the like place we were staying there was like a Disney Toon Channel where all they played was like Mickey cartoons and Aww. it was all of the new retro looking Mickey where it was like. Yeah like goofy looked like the 30 you know like the 40s goofy or like the 50s goofy but he was like modern retro look instead of just the retro look is that mm-hmm. is that what they kind of look like now yeah. okay a little bit yeah okay so they're still sticking with that i don't know how i feel about that yeah it's it was an interesting change but like yeah i just think that like the the cartoons and the style and the pacing have just changed and like, I don't know if that impacts whether or not you would want like or you would show this to somebody younger now. Because they just might be bored for it. Well, it depends. The, the, the thing is, yeah. though, like this is at least a short movie. Like if it was two right. hours of this, I can see a kid getting bored. But since it's sure. only an hour and four minutes, one of Disney's shortest, if not the shortest, then um, right. yeah. I, I could maybe see them sticking around because you do have songs in there. Um. 
you do have enough weird stuff on the TV to keep a kid's yeah. eyes glued to it, too. <laughs> Especially during the one part. Yeah, the pink elephants okay, on parade. Let's, okay, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the pink elephants on parade. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah. yeah. I had heard of that, I guess, expression before. I've heard of pink elephants on parade. And I'm like, what yeah. the hell does that mean? And then I watched this movie and it started happening. It's like, what the fuck did I take that I didn't know? <laughs> now you know what that statement means. It's such so, a weird sequence for a Disney movie. Like, oh it, yeah, where he gets drunk. Does he get drunk? Yeah, off the bubbles. That, is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, that okay. champagne. That's ah. that's cheap champagne that got dropped in the water bucket. And who? And first off, too, who else knows what what else was in that water to begin with? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> to be honest, like who knows what was in that water to begin with before the alcohol got dumped in. I have never hallucinated when I was drunk. Right. <laughs> this movie sets unrealistic standards for what being drunk is. Dang it. Well, Disney. I mean, it's also it's also 1941 at the yeah. same time. It was yeah. the 20s was prohibition. The 30s, they mm-hmm. brought it back. So at the same time disney being who he was let's be realistic the type of person who Mm -hmm. he was i would not be surprised if that's the way they were depicting hey when you get drunk you hallucinate you don't drink right like to be honest i wouldn't don't smoke cigars you're gonna turn into a donkey no it's very true (laughs) right very very true but yeah no to be perfectly honest re-watching that and seeing mm-hmm. that made me think of the uh, the uh, trip that Marty had in Madagascar when he got shot with the uh, trank darts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was such a weird sequence. Uh, do you, in your research did you find out any interesting tidbits on the pink elephant? It was obviously the most controversial scene of it. It was the part that people had the problem with. Even in 1941, they kind of ignored all the racism That's and the were problem. just like, yeah, and they were just like, we don't like the drinking. Um, immediately before that scene was the Disney Corporation taking a jab at their writers who were on strike at the time. Yeah, because the clowns in the tent were like, we're going to go demand more money from our boss. And then like walked off and they were obviously drunk. And that was them being dicks about their own writers which is annoying, but honestly, that scene is my favorite scene in the movie. That is why I would rewatch this movie. I just can't get over Megazord of, uh, of elephant faces. <laughs> that is my favorite thing. Not just that, but evil elephant faces. Like, they're yeah. like, I mean, like, these aren't cutesy elephants. These are like demonistic, like, looking elephants, which yeah. honestly made me enjoy it more. <laughs> Right. It's, it's I weird. just I, I think the whole sequence is just Disney, the animation department showing off what they can do. Can you imagine? And being, that's honestly how I took it. Can you imagine being a five year old yeah. in a theater watching that and just being like, what the hell is going like that? would be ter- right. It would be terrifying for a kid. Oh, yeah. And like, it's not a short thing. It's not ter- terrifying <laughs> for me. I probably would have been scared as a kid. Like I wasn't ever scared by the boat scene in Willy Wonka, but I can see now as an adult why it would be scary. Right. Um, yeah, that the whole pink elephant thing is just bizarre. Oh, it is. I love it, though. It's it's bizarre in all the right ways for me. I really definitely can see it, though, being the artist going, OK, this is what we can do with this type of like um, technology, because because was it you said that they tried like a new art style 
or like yeah. a new way of like filming the cartooning on it. Yep. I wonder if it was them just showing off what they could do with it. And it, it just like kind it. of turned a little bit south when they decided, oh, let's do pink. Pink's a soft color. And then somebody didn't tell them, yeah, but it'll be on a black background. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the most exciting part of that for me. I think they're at least including a reference to it in the new movie. Because in the trailer, you to. see like a bubble elephant like above the crowd. So I don't think he's going to be a drunk sequence, but I think they're going to like allude to that. I think I think you have to because um, that's so iconic. I think they're going to make a lot of references to the new one or sure. in the new one. But like, it's hard for me to call the new one a remake when it seems almost more like a sequel. And that's honestly what I think after seeing Dumbo again and then seeing the mm -hmm. preview, I'm really thinking if Tim Burton is like, OK, I'm going to make a movie about the last two and a half minutes of Dumbo. Yeah, I really feel like that's what this is. What's weird. Uh, how do you feel about something like. How do you guys feel about them taking this to remake it and then not having the animals talk? Cause that's, that's all this movie is. I mean, I think, I don't know. Cause I mean, the thing is Dumbo doesn't talk in the movie. So Dumbo being silent totally makes sense. Yes. But Ralph, what is it? What was it? And it wasn't Ralph. It was Timothy mouse or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Timothy mouse. Like it's like the driving force in this movie. And like, I don't, not to brag or anything, but I saw a special sneak peek of the first 10 minutes of the movie in Disneyland um, because they have this whole like, thing set up for it and ralph s or yeah ralph s mouse uh the mouse is literally just a mouse wearing a little ringleader thing and i think that's gonna be weird and it looks like the two kids are now like the driving force behind everything that's kind of what i was thinking because yeah again with how short dumbo is like the, the the animated dumbo with how short mm -hmm. it is and the fact that like everything, I mean, for crying out loud, they had storks in it to, 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 to delivering babies. Yeah. Like, with how wrapped up around it is around animals and how Disney was always about magic and having the animals talk, you know, whatever. I feel like nowadays, if you're going to do a live action one, I think it would be better if you just have like just put the human influence into it, take the animal yeah. influence um, out. But again, we don't know. The mouse may be talking. No, they've said right. no animals are talk talking. Okay, well that's fine. Oh really? That, that, oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Oh wow. So that does it. Though. Until until the elephant gets drunk and then starts hallucinating. <laughs> yes. Oh, like I can't elephants wait for that. on parade. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, all of the conflict in Dumbo, the animated the animated cartoon, is just from human influence. The animals don't really cause any of the drama. The no no that's no. not true. The the elephant. Am, am I wrong? The elephants are making fun of Dumbo, and that's... yeah, uh, all right. You've got the I, I think I'm focusing more on like are... them taking the mom away. Yeah, that, and like, like that being the driving point, I, and that I'd, being mainly. I'd say it's fifty-fifty. Yeah, I, I think sure. the ridicule that Dumbo gets, and that's why he's down, and that doesn't that just makes him being away from his mother worse, is from sure. the animals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I definitely take the uh, the the. <laughs> the stereotype of the gossiping old women um <laughs> that whole thing that was going on in this movie um yeah 
I feel like that was like half, if not a little bit more of more than half of what the driving force at the start of the movie was that got it, yeah. that, that was a kind of got under that. I feel like the mom wouldn't have reacted the way that she did with the people. If mm-hmm. the other elephants didn't treat Dumbo or Jumbo junior, the way yeah. that, they were to begin with at the fact of her like pulling the pin and shutting the door on them and then like having and then of course they show how gossipy they are so in scenes that they don't show obviously she's overhearing every all of all of the crap they're saying so i feel like that kind of fuels her throwing the redheaded kid out the tent (laughs) right So, uh, do we want to get into the racism? We have to. What racism? We have to. <laughs> what, <laughs> what racism? What ra- this all seems so normal. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking, how are we going to get into this? And that's the best transition Let's I can do. Let's do it. Nope, with. we're just doing it. Okay, which part do we want to talk about? <laughs> so, do we okay. want to go for the I throat under- first? <laughs> I understand the racist crows. Like, Family Guys poked at that. Yeah. I missed, as a kid, the racist opening song. I don't know the the song where they put up the tent. Yeah, the yeah. Ra- the one about the roustabouts. When yeah. when I was watching that, I was watching it at my computer. I put on the subtitles because I wanted to hear the lyrics. They're not great. No, they're <laughs> no. not. No, they're not. They throw their money away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They slave all day. Yeah, it's just mm, yeah. No, not no. Definitely you, alluding there. And you and you said uh, Disney had complete creative control over this. Complete creative. He was. I think he was kind of a known racist, though, right? Or is no, that, no. Is that a he, thing? He, yes. Yeah. He was a known racist. Yeah. And if I'm correct, and granted, I could be wrong. So you guys can call me sure. out if I'm wrong. He was a, like, e- either a full-fledged member or a temporary mem- uh, member of the American Nazi Party for a short period of time. Was he? Yes. I got it. Yeah, no, definitely research that. But that's definitely stuff that like these are things that I've heard that like the the guy, he was definitely creative. He loved to he he wanted to do, you know, good things for children and all and all this other stuff. But the guy was a man of his time of somebody who would have been 20 years old by, you know, in the 30s. And he's, you know, he was a southerner and yeah. 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 I mean, um, I just pulled up an article doing a little bit of research from Paste. So I don't know how, I don't know this, this publication, but it's Walt the Quasi-Nazi, the fascist, fascist history of Disney is still influencing American life, written in 2017. So uh, you might not be too far off there, Ryan. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but I've heard like the whisperings of the racism, the inklings of the anti-Semitism. Yeah. And of course, there's always this like need to keep Walt this like pure imaginative genius. But I think he definitely had a lot of theories and a lot of ideas that were very much not woke. Well, well, well I mean, here, look at, um, you know, the I, I think it was the Riverboat cartoon with Mickey Mouse. Like his oh, original thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Around that same time, if it's not the same cartoon, um, a lot of Walt Disney's villains mm-hmm. looked like the negative, stereotypical, drawn oh, wow. Jew. Oh, boy. The big nose, heavyweight. Like, that's what mm-hmm. a lot of his antagonists look like when he was an early artist. Mm-hmm. That dissipated. 
as soon mm-hmm. as he started doing the whole like Snow White and all that other stuff. Um, yeah. So w- whatever personal beliefs that he had that might have been extremely toxic, he closed mm-hmm. off. Sure. So whether or not that's a sign of somebody who realized that like his personal beliefs were for him Mm -hmm. and to let other people, you know, do their own thing, then I'll Mm -hmm. I'll give him some respect for at least that. Yeah. But I mean, and then, you know, of course, granted, without him, you wouldn't have the Disney parks. You wouldn't have the movies. You wouldn't have Disney studios. You wouldn't have all of these great things. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I mean, as as great as. Do I want to go down this route? Yeah. Do it. Just do, do it. it. We're as doing it. Great as Disney is, it's also not that great. No, I know. Like just this week, 4,000 people are losing their job because they just became this massive conglomerate by yeah. absorbing Fox. Yeah. So like they're a monopoly now. Like as great as I, yeah. as much as I love Star Wars and as much as I love Marvel, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, we're just, I might as well just be handing my money over to the Luthers. Like, yeah. right. No, I completely understand. I completely understand like, what you're talking and, about. And I love Disney and I hope we don't flag this podcast and like murder me. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, know. it's just like, it's to the point where it's like, okay, this is fun and all, but do some good. Like, yeah, like right. it's just too much power in one place mm-hmm. leads to half the universe being turned to dust. <laughs> true, true and okay Good so w- w- when i'm talking about like all of the great things that can you yeah. know happen what i'm talking about yeah. is like all the memories that we have from like disney cartoons and you know when i was younger i went to disney world yeah. around uh, uh uh when i was in the fifth grade i mean mm-hmm. a lot of people have these memories and they're great yeah. and that's why i love disney and i want them to prosper where I really want the rings to be held back is with what's going on recently. Yeah. And right. Of course, me talking about Walt and everything has to do with him and right. just everything that he built to begin with. And I really think it was around like the late nineties, early millennium is when Disney started going down this road to where we are now. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, th- I think because all- something like this doesn't happen overnight. They've had to have been planning this type of stuff for years. It started, oh yeah, it started with the Muppets. Yeah, it's, there we <laughs> yeah. go. As weird as it sounds, it started with them buying the Jim Henson Company. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's just been a snowball effect since. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least we can see the Avengers and X Men in a movie. <laughs> there Yay! Um, uh, that'll be exciting. So. Do we want to touch on the crows? <laughs> we should touch on the crows. You can't not touch on the crows. You have to. Well, okay. What I'll say about the crows is I was pulling music for the podcast and I pulled the end song. It's like, okay, I can use this. And then the crows started singing. I was like, no, I can't. I can use the part before they come in, but I can't really use the whole, their whole sh- spiel. And um, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. What's really sad about that, too, is that as I was watching that scene and as I was listening to it, I'm like, I, I really like this. I like the <laughs> song. But unfortunately, it's the depiction of the crows and how they interact with each other and how they interact with Dumbo. That's just like, this is awful. Like, this you, is just bad. Do you think there's a scene in the remake where they have somebody do a 
I've seen a shoe fly. I've seen a horse fly, but I've never seen an elephant fly. Do you think that's a line of dialogue in the movie? I said, hope said, it is. Said by like Michael Keaton, so it's okay. Because everyone, yeah, everybody I, loves Michael I'd Keaton. I'd be okay with that. I mean, I. it has to. like Even with like all of the crap around the crows and that whole thing, like they're such an iconic part of early Disney for good and bad reasons alike. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you can not not have it. It's the same thing as like, was it um, when when my wife and I went to uh, King of Prussia uh, last wow. week, uh, we drove through Gettysburg to come home and there were reenactors from, you know, the north and the south. Yeah. And so to me, it's like if you're going to have a depiction of a battle you know, you have to have both sides to it. You can't hide the one side because of what they fought for, what they stood for. Like you can't erase history in that way. So it's one of those things with like the crows. It's like you can't like for good and bad reasons alike. They're a part of the movie. They're a part of Disney history. If you're going to be having a live action remake, you've got to do something with them. You have to either a line or a character uh, maybe a costume, something. Yeah, you've got to do it. I, I yeah. just, I just hope it's not a black man leaning against a fence talking about seeing an elephant fly <laughs> in jive. <laughs> hope not in jive. So, of course, I did a little bit of research on the crows because I knew we talk or hit upon it. And I don't know how much you guys know about the crows, but some of it's a little bit worse than I think that you know. Ooh, so, okay. the leader of the crows, the guy with the cigar. So first off, a lot of people that defend the crows and think that, oh, okay, this is okay, is that mostly, primarily, they're voiced by African-Americans. So they go, okay, it's not just people in a studio doing an accent. This is them. It's not Hank Azaria doing a poo. (laughs) The the problematic thing, though, is that the lead crow is somebody doing an accent. And that lead crow's name is Jim Crow. They don't ever list his name in the movies, but in all of the design mock-ups for him, his name is Jim Crow. And I think they chose not to put it in there, which I don't love. Yeah, I don't love that either. It's 1941. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's It's 1941. In in 1941, like all the the behind the scenes stuff, people aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, 50 years from now, this might be an issue. So we're not going to. I mean, that's true, though. Uh, but the nice thing about them is that um, in 2017, Whoopi Goldberg uh, like got like an award from Disney, and she specifically expressed that she would like to see the crows be more front and center and be on more merchandise, so they're not as stigmatized as they are. I like Whoopi, which like honestly, I like, I like that idea. Yeah, I do because I mean I think that's part of it. I. Th- I I think that's part of what the issue is, is that these crows are so much a stereotype for 1941 yeah. being what they are, knowing that the name of the the name of the head crow and then yeah. having all of these issues that people have. And then it's like Disney hides it. It's almost yeah. like they know, hey, you know, this is something that was just this is it was 1941. This is just how things were. So we're just going to mm-hmm. let it be. We're not going to talk about it. Just this is how it was. It's like, well, maybe if like you sold them or maybe if like you had a poster for Dumbo 
you know, maybe yeah. you put them on the cover of like the sleeve or something, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that might be like, hey, you know, yeah, it was 1941. This is what we made. This was, mm-hmm. you know, th- this was the time, you know, just this is what it is. Right. Maybe well, I mean, that's all- how you deal with it. I mean, you guys have all seen the Donald Duck is a Nazi movie, right? Or not yes. movie, but cartoon, right? Yeah. Like, that's how Disney handles that, is they go, look, it was a different time. This was propaganda. Like, understand that there are stereotypes and there are controversial things in here, but we were making propaganda. That's what we did. Yeah, and um, I listened to a podcast uh, called Molten on Movies. It's hosted by the movie critic Leonard Moulton and his daughter. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talked about like he's a, he teaches film out at I think USC, nice. Um, and there'll be times where he does screenings of stuff that can be racist or risque or inappropriate sure. for today's culture, and he'll just say to the people before the screening, like, "Hey, listen, this is what you're gonna see. Let's mm. not make light of it. Like it's a thing. It's here, mm. but you have to understand this was the." you have to look at it in context of right. the world. Like I remember a few years ago that um, students were looking at Steve Martin's King Tut song and calling it racist against Egyptians. Interesting. And if you don't understand that that song is making fun of American tourism of the seventies, then yeah, right. maybe. But if you listen to, if you look at the lyrics, it talks about the tourism. Like if you right. take it out of context and just see him dancing in a, whatever the headdress is, I guess guess it would just be a headdress. Uh, If you just see him dancing with that on SNL, then maybe you could say that's racist. But if you look at the context and when it was produced, like it's not, it's not that. Right. But it's so easy to take everything out of context and go, look at this problematic thing and not think about what everything else that's around it. Just like anything made by Mel Brooks. Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which his stuff is amazing and I love. It is. <laughs> right. Um, so, Devin, do you have anything yeah. else? Yeah, I got a couple things. Okay. Um, let me see. Oh, uh, so I don't have too many other things. We actually talked about a lot of them. Um, so <laughs> mostly my one thing was what was your guys' favorite song in this movie? Because one of the songs in it was nominated for an Academy Award, which is a big deal for early Disney. If it's not Baby Mine, then we have a problem. It's Baby Mine. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like Baby Mine. Um, yeah. Because if you look at the the heart of the film is that mother son relationship. So that mm-hmm. that whole thing with the montage of all the different animals with their mothers, um, really that really just hits a chord there in it. Yeah. Like it, like I've never seen the movie before like watching mm-hmm. that scene like i stopped what i was doing and just paid attention and made yeah made me a little bit sad like i, I could feel Aww. a tear like a tear coming You're like i didn't cry but I, could, I could feel it i could feel it yeah right in the front with it being controversial to be perfectly honest it was the first song it was about sure. them putting up the the uh uh the uh, tent and the, and like i said it was because when i was younger watching this movie like that's what i connected with it like yeah you know, I I put on the film. I'd sit down in the living room, uh, and I'd be watching a movie. I'd be watching Dumbo. It'd be after daycare or before going to kindergarten or something. Uh-huh. And it was just that was like 
you know, lifting up the, you know, the, the, uh, tent and then having the storm on at the mm-hmm. same time growing up around St. Louis. I mean, that's on the edge of tornado alley. So yeah. we've like, Oh, I miss thunderstorms ever since I was a kid moving, moving out the, uh, moving out to Pennsylvania. I miss a good thunderstorm, but anyway, like just <laughs> that there is nothing like a good thunderstorm. Like well, the few times that it does storm here, like I'll just go out on my porch and just watch, and yeah, like, that smell is just wonderful. Yeah, no, oh, you, yeah. Get, you, you get that all the time out there. Like yeah. it was about wow. like once a week you get a storm like that. We're, it's just, we're due, oh, for, I love we're due it. for a good like thunderstorm that doesn't cause too much damage. Yeah, <laughs> that's the caveat. Yeah, that's the caveat. Yeah, um, <laughs> living in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, I miss so, thunderstorms too because even in Pennsylvania, I got them more than I did out here. We get maybe two a year. And whenever they do, I'm on my porch waiting for them too. Nice. Um, I love it. So do you think the song with them, like if in, in a world where we can excuse the, uh, like, say everyone was like, okay, Dumbo's racist, but it was a different time. We're okay yeah. with it. There's nothing wrong with this film. Do you think PETA will get upset over the tent scene when they just use the animals? In the <laughs> they were making it. <laughs> Yes, I think you know, using the animals to yeah. put the, the tent up. Yeah. It, so, like, it would get mad at the fact that they're at the circus to begin with. Right. Yeah, that's that's fair. Peter would be mad at the fact that you have a a uh, a baby hippo being laid asleep under the water next to a sleeping mom, like. <laughs> You know, being <laughs> they carried would just and get mad. Yeah, they, they, they would just get mad. Oh, look, there's a stork, and, and then, then Peter face angry. I've only been to the circus once, and in front of the circus, and I went as an adult, like way too old to appreciate it for what it's worth. In front of the circus, <laughs> there were Peta protesters with these super graphic images of very dead elephants, and I got real mad because don't do that to kids. I understand your point but you don't need to do that. Yeah. Do you remember when you came up first to say college at one time and we went to that, um, I think it was like a PETA stand where they showed you how they kill the cows <gasps> and all of that. Yeah. And oh then my they gave God. you a dollar for watching their video. Yeah. That was weird. We got a dollar and left. <laughs> we did. And I think we bought cheeseburgers out of protest. I think we did. And then we walked place. right by the stand eating the cheeseburgers. <laughs> Oh I, yeah, I totally understand. We were what, dicks. Yeah. <laughs> we were dicks. I totally understand what Pete is trying to do. Yeah, I completely yes, understand absolutely. it. I do too. The problem is, it's like it's ridiculous. It's, it's extremism. It's ridiculous. Yes. It's yeah. dumb. Like if, if yeah, I mean yes, you're right. It, yes. It, that's exactly what it is. It's just it, it's there's nothing else to say. But I mean, I can't like. There are times I'm like, yeah, PETA, they got it right. And then I read further down the article. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm going out to get a chicken cheeseburger. I'm kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what I'm on my way to do. <laughs> so is that all you have so that's, for Dumbo? That's all I have for notes and questions. We ended up covering a lot of them organically, which was cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I, I've got some stuff. Oh, yes. Yes, Alan's list. Let's go over Alan's um, list. Just the generic stuff on my list. I wanted to talk about a little bit, which up. So the, the train being what the train is like the train, like having like a a face, a face, a personality. (laughs) And that was, 
bizarre for a Disney movie. Like that's something I would expect to see in like a Popeye cartoon, but not so much in Disney. And I get yeah. like it's a different time, different animators, different yeah. styles. It's just it's that weird overlap of the two like styles. Yeah. Um, but I did th- I did, do remember seeing like behind the scenes featurettes on how they did the voice of that back then and like the oh. different techniques how did they, they do use. It? I forget, but I, I'll have oh. to find the video. <laughs> um, he has this like weird, like breathy voice the whole time. It, it's almost robotic for the forties. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, so they they still have like this was a feature made in like the nineties. They still had like the tools that were used mm. to do that in like a Foley shop at Disney. Damn. So that was one thing. Um, is this movie the origin of the Happy Birthday song? Is it? No, I'm a, I'm asking because I no, don't know. No, it's not. Do, it's not. It's not. The I have no but, idea, but, but I believe is this, it. But is this where the song became popular? I don't think so. I was just I was just curious because I I didn't know. Okay, so so yeah. the half the Happy Birthday song has been around for a very long time, even before Dumbo, from what I can remember. Um, but 1893, no. actually, I just looked 1893, it up. 1893, you looked it up? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I think it's only been recently that it's been under uh, copyright. It's not under copyright anymore. Not anymore. It, okay. it, it's public domain now. Okay. So, so you go to something. Applebee's for your birthday. They can sing it to you. Yeah. <laughs> they won't, yeah. but they can. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where... I feel like the popularity of Happy Birthday is why they used it in Dumbo. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I do remember like hearing growing up that like you can't sing that in Pollard because Disney owns the copyright to that. I'm like, that's not in any <laughs> Disney movie. And now I understand why people <laughs> now you know make why. that mistake. <laughs> um, okay. So my last thing, which is the big thing uh-huh. I wanted. Oh no. Two more things. Um, uh-huh. In the Tim Burton remake there's one thing thing i want them to recreate with the live action looking elephants and it's the elephants being scared by the mouse and like jumping under the the bars of the tent and hanging <laughs> on the if they don't do that then i am walking out of the theater oh, the they should that would over. be so fun that, i want to all... see them stacked in a uh, stack the way that uh, the way that they were see, on the I, ball. I, I can see them actually doing that I would be surprised if they do the thing I just said. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. And my last point, this, this is going to, this is my last big point. So yeah. do you guys remember eh, about the turn of the century <laughs> when Walt <laughs> yeah. Disney uh, started releasing sequels to all of their, their projects? Yeah. So you yeah. got Cinderella to uh, lady and the tramp to yeah. the good ones. Um, they, no, they were all crap. Can all, we just? Oh, they were all, terrible. They were terrible. All straight to video. Um, <clears throat> there, there was supposed to be a Dumbo too. What? Yes, uh, they actually even released a commercial for it, like a, a behind the scenes featurette. And I, I'll send you guys, and I'll put in the description of the podcast. But like on a VHS tape for something, um, they do like a whole recap of. Do you remember where you were the first time you saw an elephant fly? And then they talked to the animators and the director about this movie, which was going to be Dumbo and all of the other kids from the circus who had delivered the same night, like getting lost in a city. What? Yeah. I love that. I didn't know that was a thing. 
Yeah, it's def- it, well, it's not, but it was supposed to be. Um, that might have been their best one out of that whole bunch. Honestly. Uh, taking place specific- specifically one day after the events of the first film, the story would have involved Dumbo, Timothy Q. Mouse, and a host of other baby animals, each of whom represented a different stage of childhood, getting separated from the circus. While trying to find the way back, each character learned how to fix or his or her fault- faults. Aww. So, um, it was supposed to come out in 2001, but was canceled by John Lasseter after he became chief creative officer of Walt Disney Animation in 2006. So, it was on the um, docket for a while. But hang on, so it was five years that it was in limbo. Yeah, it Dumbo was in limbo. Dumbo was in limbo for five years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like storyboards and a lot of things. I, I only know about this because I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I will go down the rabbit hole of the lost media archive wiki and just find <laughs> things that people have never seen before and yeah. just be like fascinated by it. Like the extended cut of power Rangers turbo. Like there's a three hour <laughs> cut of that movie somewhere at Fox what? that I hope somebody at Disney releases from the vault. Like if oh that's not gosh. on Disney Plus, then I'm going to write a letter. You really <laughs> should, and I'll help you. Yeah, I can't imagine that would make it. Like, why can we just start the campaign now for that? Like, just yeah, use the podcast for it. that. <laughs> of all the things, because Power Ranger Turbo is a horrible movie, and the extended cut would have fixed a lot of the issues that I have with that movie. Okay, what so could, yes. Okay, why so, aren't they Zeo Rangers okay. anymore? The extended cut explains it. Okay, okay. It so can I just say this? I am. I do not understand how making a movie longer helps it. There are things in that movie that I know not, that there were things in that movie. I went to go no, see no, it in theaters, that, and I owned it on VHS tape. Like the extended cut will show you why they can't use the 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 Zeo Zords anymore. Um, you, they, it, um, expanded on like the backstory of the turbo Zords and that little alien guy, that little Ewok looking. Okay. Okay. First off, these are power Rangers. Yes. Okay. It's a show. Mermaid. No, Adam falls in love with a mermaid. How do you not want to see this? Stop. Okay. Stop. (laughs) These are the power Rangers one. Yes. It's an American TV show derivative from a Japanese TV show yes. that they had to heavily edit to make it suitable for American, uh, the American audience for one. Mm-hmm. Two, they talk to a face in a cylinder tube. That face has right, a name right. and it's goddamn Zordon. I <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Not everything has to be explained. No, I just, as a as big of a pop culture nerd as I am, knowing that this footage exists, you want to see it. I want to see it. Like that's fine. I like. I want to see the Snyder cut of Justice League, even though I don't oh, like yeah. Justice League. I want to like if there's if the if a movie was made with the intention of this is what the movie's going to be like. This is what's in the screenplay. This is what the writer and the director had in mind. Okay. And then later on, it gets cut down to the point. Of this is not what we signed up for at all. Okay. I want to know what that original prospect was. Like why like what yeah. was this movie supposed to be? Like the Superman Superman 2 is a perfect example of this. Okay. Superman 2 is a classic film. You got Superman fighting Zod, 
Um, but there's some weird things in there. If you watch Superman, the movie, like where's Jor-El? Like, why is all this? Why? Why is it's things that we were used to from the first movie gone like yeah. completely with no explanation. <clears throat> and then like in 2006, they went back and let Richard Donner go back and fix the movie. The problem was they fired Richard Donner during post-production on Superman two. So another director came in and reshot a bunch of stuff, cut it to hell. They finally let Richard Donner do his cut of the movie and it makes, it blends perfectly with the first one. Okay. So, so like in a world where something is intended to be what it's like intended to be a certain way story-wise, yeah. I want that version. Okay. I don't want the one that's cut down. I don't want the Justice League where okay. Steppenwolf's the main bad guy and you don't even see Dark Side. Okay. So <laughs> I want to okay. know why Barry Allen fat travels in time to Batman v Superman and it gets confused. Okay. So <laughs> just say that. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to be better. Oh, I don't think it will be better. I just want to see it. Then don't say it's going to make it better. <laughs> don't it, will it will explain a lot. It'll explain. It will not make it better. You don't know until you see it. That is my point. It might be amazing. I am fine. Movie. I am fine with everything he just said in that like yeah. three, three and a half, four minute rant. <laughs> Completely agree with you. Except making... The making uh, making Justice League and thirty minutes longer, making a three-hour cut of Power Rangers Turbo is not going to fix it. It's just going to be this is what they originally wanted. It's still a big pile of crap, but this is what they originally no. wanted to do. But I wonder. I always wonder how much of a pile of crap the original vision would have been. Because I feel like nobody sets out making a movie going, this will be the worst movie. I feel like, what was the one? Uh, there was one I had a good example of and I completely forgot it. But like, that's fine. I feel like everyone has this. Oh, fan, Fantastic Four, the new one. Fan Four. Yes. Yes. I heard that the original cut of it was supposed to be amazing. And then people <sighs> like everybody had an opinion about every part of it. And then like, well, we have to put something out. And I want to see the original one. So. The director had a vision for that. He had a cut mm -hmm. of the film that he was proud of, and then Fox went back and messed with it. Sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if, with the Fox Marvel properties being back under the Marvel Studios label, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Kevin Feige was like, hey, man, sorry this shit went down. We're going to let you put out your edition on Disney+. Plus." Like, I wouldn't be surprised would if something it. like that would... I would watch it. Like, I want it. I haven't seen that movie. I want to see what this guy does because I've heard interviews with him like around the time the movie came out. Yeah. And he was really excited for it. And then it like got out of control very fast yeah. like, to the point where he, um, he like just stopped being on social media for a while. Yeah. And I think I even um, saw a tweet recently <clears throat> where somebody said something along the lines of what you said, where no one sets out to make a bad movie. And um, I think he replied to it directly and he's like, hold my beer <laughs> like just making <laughs> fun of it so like he can take it in in, yeah. in stride but back to power rangers uh, <laughs> yeah he's still on this no i'm kidding i do have i do have it up like the different scenes that were cut that's amazing like it's a whole a whole long page of scenes um but yeah so there's supposed to be a dumbo too <laughs> <laughs> still kind of amazing still want to watch it so are you guys 
excited enough for Dumbo live action to go see it in theaters? No. Yeah, I'll see it. Okay. Devin, is there anything you won't see in theaters? Yes. What? Yes, hold on. There was there was a couple of things. I mean, I have not to not to plug them, but I have that like movie pass from AMC. So uh, like I I get three free a week. So like my like bar for what I'll see in a theater is super low. Um, I would not see Five Feet Apart, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. Any um, Medea would, thing ever. I don't mind I Tyler will. Perry. I'm not a. I don't care about Medea. Yeah. I don't mind Tyler Perry as an actor. He was good in. No, I'm the same way. Same, same, same here. And I don't think I want to see the missing link story or the missing link cartoon or claymation. Yeah, it's weird that I wouldn't want to see a thing with Hugh Jackman, but yeah, right. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance in there. As much as I like that doll. And what? Ugly dolls. What is that? Oh, it's the movie Pitbulls in. Pitbulls in a movie. Pitbulls in a movie, and it's called Ugly Dolls worldwide. Never mind. Have you seen Big Mouth on Netflix? Oh, I love Big Mouth. Uh, Pitbull featuring Ludacris. (laughs) (laughs) There's a Pitbull on the show featuring Ludacris. (laughs) Oh, that's my Pitbull featuring Ludacris. (laughs) Yes. You need to watch the show. Amazing. Yeah, I will. You, I will. You and I talked about Big Mouth in the yeah. grocery store for about 20 minutes. The yeah, we did. We should probably not talk about this here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Big yeah. Mouth is so good. So since we're on Disney yes. and we're kind yeah. of diverging away from Dumbo at this point, yeah. I got a chance to finally watch Mary Poppins, which I told you guys about Mary during Poppins our Returns? Mary Poppins Returns. Okay. Which yeah. Are thing. And I told you guys just meh. Yeah, it's yeah. meh. And it's just it's one of those things where it's like, I like the acting. I loved what they did with Mary Poppins. I loved like her sassiness in it. Like, I loved her aggression because she was actually kind of aggressive in this one. Um, it, it's the, Emily Blunt. I would hope she would. Yeah, it's the, the, yeah. the songs and the music completely fell flat. Didn't fit for me. Like, I understand what they were trying to do. Like, I could see the connections between the songs and returns compared to the songs in the first one. So I totally get what they were trying to do. I just, I didn't like, uh, you didn't connect with any of them. I didn't. And what I was trying to, cause I was thinking about how I was going to bring this up and how yeah. I was going to tell you guys this. And I feel like I finally got it. So in the original Mary Poppins, <clears throat> mm-hmm. the, the, uh, like the voice is an instrument. The words are part of the music. It's part of it. Um, The best way that I can describe how they use the human voice in the original songs is almost like a brass instrument, kind of like a uh, I'm going to have to. And you guys are going to have to help me here with. But the one like you trombone, the trombone. So the words to me in Mary Poppins in the first one Mm -hmm. was kind of like somebody playing a trombone. Like there Mm -hmm. was kind of like short syllable words one or two or three, you could draw out like the middle syllable or the last syllable to kind of carry a tune. I felt like in this new one, it was the words were coming out faster mm-hmm. because the notes were hitting faster. Yeah. And that's I, I didn't it, it didn't fit like I sure. had to put the subtitles on. Mm-hmm. I always put the subtitles on, but mm-hmm. I had to look at the subtitles to get what they were saying more than I ever had in any musical I've ever watched. I, I I haven't seen the film, so I can't really talk much about it, but would 
I know you don't know Hamilton, but you know Moana. And yeah. Devin, I'm, I assume you know both. Would Mary Poppins have benefited from having Lin-Manuel Miranda write a song or two? They did a very Lin-Manuel Miranda-esque song, and it's that the cover is not the book song. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Where they, where like Mary Poppins is performing on stage, yeah, and then Lin. That's the one when like, they're in the bowl. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that one in particular was a very Lin-Manuel Miranda style song, and that was and it. It was Romana's least favorite song in the whole thing. It's oh, my really? favorite. Yeah. Like okay, but, so my favorite song, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Out of all of them was probably that one. Sure. Um, but it was just like, and granted, I'm, I'm gonna make this clear too. I am not yeah. expecting any of the music. I I never expected the music from Mary Poppins Returns to be mm-hmm. at the same caliber and to be as memorable as the first one. Sure. The first Mary Poppins has had what forty years to like establish itself and or 40, 50 years to like, you know, just kind of like um, uh, to cement itself into what it is. So who knows down the road, 30, 40 years from now, how, uh, how this one's going to be seen. It's just, I felt like they definitely used modern kind of like modern popular music. I feel like to write it. And it was almost like the words fell on the, the notes on the individual notes, not the word stretching over the notes. Well, I feel like the original Mary Poppins, and I might have my order wrong of movie musicals, but I feel like the original one feels more like singing in the rain style musical than it does anything else. Which I would rather have for Mary Poppins because it's still the same character. It's still kind of Mm -hmm. the same set in time. You know, it's, it's the same freaking family for crying out loud. So, right. I mean, I feel like the change, like, in that, maybe if they would do, like, Mary Poppins Returns, and it's, like, 2012, and it's, you know, it, it's, like, the bank's great-great-grandchildren or something, and, you know, yeah. like, things are more modernized than the songs they did, the, the style, sure, 100% get it, but it just yeah. it didn't, it didn't fit for me, but no, I get that. I liked all of the non-music parts, I thought it yeah. was funny, I thought it was a good story. It's just the music was like half the film and it was like, eh. Okay. So How did you feel about the Meryl Streep part? I didn't. I, even... Sorry, Alan. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Meryl Streep's part in it is. So I don't want to try to, I don't want to hear spoilers too much because I am going to see this at some point. So. Okay. Okay. Then I'm so, not going to, okay. okay then let's, good, not, let's not talk about All that. All I'm yet. going to say is that that song is probably a perfect example of what I'm talking about. That's and all that's I'm going to say. And that's why I brought it up. That's yep. all I'm going to say. Okay. Yep. Um, all I know is she wasn't nominated for an Oscar for it, so it couldn't have been that great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to leave it at that. Um, We're just going to leave so, it at that. So Somebody who's before seen it. We, before we get off of Dumbo completely. Um, yeah. So would you call the original Dumbo a musical? Or Honestly, just no. That's a okay. good no. question, and I wouldn't. Do you no. how do you think they can incorporate like the live action one's not going to be a musical either? But do you think they can incorporate Baby Mine into this one and have it make sense? Yeah, it it's in the trailers. Yeah, but that like how are they going to do it in the movie? Yeah, just because it's in the trailers doesn't mean I don't trust trailers for for anything anymore because the Hulk was not in Wakanda. Yeah, that's right. I think it's going to be non diegetic. Okay. 
I think she's going to be in the background while Dumbo is sad. I think it'll be like just something that we hear and it's a callback to the original. And so going back to what you guys are talking about with Mary Poppins, do you think with the other two live action remakes that are coming out this year, Aladdin and the Lion King, do you think the modern style of music is going to affect how the music in those is played out? Because, because right now I can tell you the music that I've heard in the Aladdin trailers sounds way too synthesized that I I I'm worried about this, the soundtrack. Sure. So I'm I curious. Heard any of it, so I don't know anything about that. Okay. Yeah. It, it, if you're worried about the music from Aladdin, cause I haven't really paid a lot of attention to it, even though like, I really want to watch that movie in theaters. Like Aladdin was one of my favorite Disney cartoons as I became an older child. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if you're worried about the music from Aladdin and from what I heard from Mary Poppins returns, I'm worried about the music for all of these movies. Yeah. The only, the only one I'm not so worried about is the Lion King because yeah. they still have Tim Rice and Elton John. I almost yeah. just said Elton, but I have to add John there. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. So, so they have their core for that. Yeah, I one. think, I think they, That's fine, I think though. they wrote one song, one new song for it, but you also have like musicians in the cast. So De- Donald Glover and Beyonce. Like right. they gave Beyonce. I think they wrote Beyonce's a song for Nala. Okay. So, oh, cool. But, but they cut out "Be Prepared." Like they cut out. They be cut out "Be Prepared." Yeah. What's "Be Prepared"? What? The I'm Scar gonna... song. The Scar song. Yeah. Oh, with, with with the, I'm with, not gonna go see it with oh, the goose stepping not uh, goose stepping uh, hyenas. They didn't cut out the song. They added in for the bird. No, they probably cut. That's probably not going to be in it either. I hope to God not. The, the, the Morning the, Report. God, oh I hate my that song. God. Oh I yeah, that's a bad one. If you want to see me go off on a Disney tangent, just mention that. I cannot believe they actually did that. No, no, no. You have a movie, The Lion King, which is one of their toppest grossing cartoons up to that point. Revolutionary in animation, in storytelling, in cultural and cultural significance for Disney. And they go back and add a song that was cut. And when it was in there, it was shown why it was cut. The song sucks. That character doesn't deserve a song. He deserves to be it's eaten. Played by John Oliver now, huh? John it's Oliver played by plays John Z- Oliver now. Plays Zazu now. Okay, that if there's a song, maybe he'll have a great he's song, a, and that's fine. I, no, I just this is the original cut of the no, film that's going to be released. I, I don't want John Oliver to do a song with the Morning Report. I just want him to do a half hour long monologue like he does on John <laughs> Oliver, did, like on his show. Yeah. <laughs> Like talking about <laughs> this week, hyenas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I want that so bad. Oh God, oh, man. that would be great. Yep. I, done. I, so I, I said before that I saw Aladdin for the first time in a drive-in. I have to go see that one at the drive-in. Yeah. Like that's one that. Oh yeah. Like just just for continuity's sake, that's <clears throat> what I've got to do. And then I have to go see The Lion King like five times and have it break down and. Because I saw that in theaters a lot. Oh, what, so. uh, one of the things that I've got to admit, um, uh, uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. I mm-hmm. think it was like Aladdin 3. Yeah. I love Aladdin 3. Yeah. When, when it comes to like movie. Disney, you know, like sequels and yeah. cartoons and, and how they fail and everything. I don't mm-hmm. care who hates that one. I loved Aladdin do you know why do you know why you like that one more than return of jafar i i can can tell you right now why you like it more why 
Robin Williams came back. To yeah. Be perfect, to, to be perfectly honest, I only saw Return of Jafar once. I like Return of Jafar. I I only ever really watched the first Aladdin a lot, so I never mm-hmm. really got into the sequels that much. But I just love the behind-the-scenes drama of Robin Williams not coming back for the second one because well, they used yeah. him in marketing. One of my favorite, my favorite joke from any of the Aladdin movies is from mm-hmm. the third one. And I think it's from the third one. It's when they're getting married and uh, that they're Robin Williams as the genie says, isn't this such a Kodiak moment? And then a grizzly bear just appears on the screen and he goes, hey, get this bear out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I remember that Uh, one. Okay. So before we actually wrap this up for real. Yeah. um, So we we talked about three of the Disney live action remakes that are coming out this year Mm -hmm. alone. Um. What from most excited to least excited, what which ones are you looking forward to to like what's your first choice, second choice, and third choice of the three? Oh, that's tough. I can go. Go for it. Yeah, please go. Aladdin first off. And then you got the Lion King, which to me are even like those two to me, like I want to see them equally as bad. And then you've Dumbo I'll see when I see it. <laughs> I think it's Aladdin first, Dumbo second, and after our conversation, Lion King third, because you don't get rid of that friggin' song. It is my favorite song. That is any my favorite Disney song. movie. Damn it. The best part about that song is if you listen closely, you can totally tell when Jeremy Irons is not singing it anymore. Oh, yeah. And then it's just Jim Cummings because he sounds a little bit more like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You know what? I, I pulled songs from uh, Dumbo to end the podcast. I'm ending it with Be Prepared. Good. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy now. <laughs> it's just gonna be... Wait. Uh, Alan, what's your listing? Or what's your ranking? Uh, my, my listing, I'm, I'm with Ryan. Like, You're with it, Ryan? I'm, I'm tied with Aladdin and Lion King because those are both two of my favorite Disney movies. So it's it, it's tied. Yeah. Um, And then Dumbo, I, I just saw for the first time last night. So I don't really... Right. I've got a question. Yes. And, and this is something that it'll be real quick. Okay. For mm-hmm. all of the Disney movies that don't have a live action remake um, made or mm-hmm. has even one being planning to be made, regardless of how old it is or how new it is, which one would you want to see done in live action? Ooh, that's a great question. Oh, I got it. Atlantis. That's a good answer. Yeah, I want to see Atlantis. Um, for me, what? So live action or a Disney animated film that I want to see turned into live action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's tough. Um, I think Pinocchio would be cool. I think you could do a lot with that. That's already been done, though. Not the Disney version. <laughs> Not the Disney Pinocchio. Not the Disney. Like, I think you could do like the motion capture with a like a actor and have him be the Pinocchio doll, and I think that would be mm-hmm. pretty. pretty I'm talking cool. about the one with the kid from uh, Sixth Sense. No, I'm talking about the one that they made with the kid from uh, Home Improvement. Oh, yeah. They it's, made a Pinocchio live action back in the 90s, like 97, 96. Was that the 
they didn't have like Geppetto though, or the, yeah. they didn't have Jiminy Cricket, did it? I don't know if it had the cricket, but it had the Godmother. Well, yeah, they all have the Godmother. I'm just saying. Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna make change my answer. <laughs> how, the, how the hell do you spell Pinocchio? <laughs> I think it's way too many C's, and then you got uh, it. <laughs> way yeah. too many C's. I just held down C, and it came up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're remaking it. So the one you're talking about is not actually a remake. Oh, uh, um, Peter Pan. Like, give me an actual Peter Pan movie. There's, there's my oh, answer. Yeah. Okay. Like, don't give me this. Not pay, Hook. Not, not. Well, I love Hook. Don't yeah. get. Don't get me started on Hook. I love Hook. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying. Like, Rufio, that's different. Rufio. <laughs> Rufio. Oh. Are you guys enjoying that? Uh, no, but I think Pinocchio, uh, Peter Pan, I think with the, the songs in there and like that style, like okay. Tinkerbell, like do a live action Tinkerbell where it's not Julia Roberts. And like they do a lot like playing with the like the Peter Pan story where it's it's a prequel or yeah. it's him as a grown up. But just give me Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Like, right. And make it the musical because there are songs in there and just make it fun. Put a little kid in a raccoon costume. Yeah. Like just just do pin, do Peter Pan. Like that's what I want to see. Okay. I want to do Hercules. Ryan, what's yours? Oh, I want to oh, do Hercules. That would be so good. And I want Danny DeVito to play his character. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I want him to play his character just, just... and I want and I want them to give him actual hoof feet. And I mean videotape somebody holding up a goat so it's walking on its hind legs and then just cut that underneath Danny DeVito and then just can we just have Tim Burton do that one and then have Michael Keaton be Hades yes yes that would be wonderful oh my god I oh my okay so the actor's name I totally forget and I feel bad um uh the one he played he he played Batman for one movie or two movies Val Kilmer Val Kilmer Val Kilmer as his character from uh, uh, <laughs> Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss, kiss Bang Gay Bang. Perry. <laughs> Gay Perry. Gay <laughs> That would be yeah. that would have been perfect. <laughs> Val Kilmer as Gay Perry <laughs> as Hades. Is oh man. Perfect. Oh, okay. That's it for the podcast today. I'm Alan. <laughs> I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Uh, no, that that is perfect. <laughs> that that is, a, that I was, love that. That was a fake sign off. Uh, <laughs> no, I love that so much. Um, yeah. So that's all. That's all I've got on Dumbo. I feel like we did talk for about Dumbo a good bit there. We did. It's like eighty percent Dumbo, five ten percent uh, Disney. Yeah, and then another ten percent Power Rangers. So. Which is fine. Good Which is fine. <laughs> That's a good, a good mix. Yeah. Power Rangers needs to come up randomly. It's okay. Yeah. It does. Maybe not Power Rangers Turbo, but I have my reasons. That's fine. <laughs> that is fine. So remember, as a kid, I loved that movie. I owned it on VHS. I yeah. saw it in the theater, and then I saw it again when I was like seventeen. It, I was it, like, it, "Why it, did I like this?" It's <laughs> funny that you should bring up the VHS because one of those deleted scenes I was talking about is a picture of on the VHS sleeve. Like they have really? a flamethrower and that's the picture on the back of the VHS tape, but that's not in the movie at all. That's right. 
That's so weird. And now you're fascinated and want to see right. it. I rest my case. <laughs> For you have to watch this. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. <laughs> Take it away, Scar. For the cool of the century. Be prepared for the murkiest scam. Meticulous planning, tenacity spanning, decades of denial.